Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. We'll get through the whole Shir with a voice. Shir in the Nishmas, Kavir in the Melech, Allah Shalom, Ben Yabad Lachayim Tevim, Yom Yayat, Shirkhia, Ali Ghassam Mishan, and Tevim. The Nishmas Matana, Basmuzli, and Gabriel Yaakov. And then you bottle for for Shalema for Esther Malka Basruzlin and Yisha Yisusia Ben Chana Rivka and all the rest of us Chana Rivka. The Shabbos Pashas Veschanan Shabbos Nachmu. Uh, I usually get Maftir for Shabbos Nachmu because it's my mother's upcoming yard site, Mother of Shalom. Which is on Yutes Menachemov. Which is next Wednesday, so technically we have next Wednesday, but another. We'll talk about her by the Shir, but another. Shabbos Pashas Nachmu. You go back in archives. We have many shirim about Hashem Pashas Nachmu. I'm sure most of them have the story of Shabbos Nachmu, Hashlas Taponia, and not repeating it another. At least not now. Vayeschanan el Hashem beisahi leimer. Pashas Chanan. And the Pasha is called after the first word of the Pasha was Chanan al Hashem. Sorry. How emotional. Meshir Abenu is davening for his life. Say sometimes, davening for his life. Well, he's davening for it. He's davening for this, he's davening for that, for children. He's davening with fervor, davening for his life. Meish Rabbeinu is physically davening for his life. Begging HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please, please, please let me live. Please let me go into the land of Yisrael. Even as a simple layman. And Akash Baruchu cuts him down. Cuts him down. Says to him, Ravloch. That's it. Stop. Stop talking. I understand. Maybe you do. I don't. Mesh Rabbeinu we're talking about here. 
The Ibish Namesh Rabbeinu, I had a pretty decent report, if I'd like, like to say so myself. Mesha was Avdi Mesha. My servant Mesha. Mesha was so connected to Akash Baruch Hu. Why? Why just cut him down? Not say Mesha, please. I beg you, stop. Mesha. It's, it's not another word. Al Dabir. Don't stop talking. So we know the Eschanan is Gematria 515, which is the 515 Tfilas the Meshe Ben We also know an interesting halacha. It's called the halacha of Eved Ivri, the Jewish servant. The Eved Ivri works for six years. On the seventh year, he has to go free. However, the Evid says, I like my master, and I like everything around about this place. I don't want to leave. Tells the Tater, we try to convince him, we try to tell him that he's got to go back to being a regular Yid. He doesn't want to hear, he wants to remain a servant. He loves the environment and what he's gotten into. Tells the Teddy to take the man to the doorpost across from the mezuzah and we put a pierce through his ear. Why? This ear heard on Eich, that uh, that we are that B'nai Yisrael are my servants. Your servants are Baruch and now you want to serve a human being instead of Basavadam? Since you didn't hear right, you get a piercing. You get a hole in your ear. But we do listen to his bequest. We do listen to his beseechment. And we do say, okay, you can stay. Till Yehom. Meshir Abeno said, I love my master. I love you, Akadish Baruch. You know that. And I love the Tera, and I love the people, and I love everything that Akadish Baruch gives me. Please let me stay as a servant to you. Because once I die, I can no longer serve Akadish Baruch with Tera, Mitzvahs, and Tfilah. Please, I want to stay as a slave. Akash Baruch says, stop! Why stop? The Taylor tells us, Ki It says it twice. Twice if he said. Implying that the servant has to say it twice. He doesn't just say once, Ahavti Sadeini. He has to say two times, Ahavti Sadeini, Ishti, Esbonai. And then he can stay. Meisha was trying to pull this off too. And Akash Baruch said, Stop before you say it a second time. When you say it a second time, I have no choice but to listen, because that's what Terah dictates. And that's why Akash Baruch cuts him off like that and says, Stop talking. Stop your bakashas. 
Stop your requests. Stop your beseechments. Moshe is standing and davening for his life. Moshe. Moshe, if anybody else deserves to live, if anybody's been put through for the Klal Yisrael, if anybody put up with Klal Yisrael, if anybody was obedient to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it was Moshe. Vayamin HaBashem uva Moshe Avdoi Moshe is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's servant. He davens and davens. And it seems for naught. It seems as if it's for nothing. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not listening to his tefillahs. There are two types of tefillahs in this case, Rashi tells us. Vo'es Hanan, Rashi gives us two interpretations to it. One is chinun, a matnas chinam, I'm asking for a gift. A gift. You ask somebody, somebody, you ask sometimes somebody, give me please a gift. I'm not asking, I have no money to pay for it. And I have no favors to pay you back. I have no way to reciprocate. Please give this to me as a gift. It's called a matnas chinam. A free gift. That's one lashon of Veschanan. And Moshe was asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a matnas chinam. Never mind who I am, where I stand, who I was, what I did. Please, Give me this free pass. Second Pirush is it's one of the ten tefillahs of one of the ten lishenis of tefillah. One of the ten ways of expressing the word of prayer. Kanun. Kanun v'rachun. So which means to tell us the mission is not asking for a free ride. According to the Teda, A person that has merits can ask, please fulfill my request on my merits. Taylor tells us clearly, If you'll keep the chukim, the Taylor, the mitzvahs, the mishpatim, then you will be rewarded, X, Y, and Z. I'll give the rain at the right time. And therefore Rashi says, not Dafki, he was talking about a matnas chinam, a free gift, but rather, he said, put it on my tab. I have that much credit by you. If anyone's fit, befitting, if it's befitting of anyone to be forgiven, to let it into that, so it's me. So he said, the Ebersheh answers, Ravloch, 
Enough. Stop talking. Do not bring up the subject again. Rav Loch Rashi brings down two perushim, two explanations. And I've said many times that Rav Loch, ironically, he says, Shivan Panam Latera, if you start to dig through the Mepharshim, you find these two words, Rav Loch, four letters, Reish Beis, Lamed Chof, have 70, 80 perushim, it goes on and on and on, you can write a book on just the Rav Loch, what the Kaj Baruch Hu meant to Meshach when he said this. But Rashi brings down two. First of all, Rashi says, stop it, because I'm not letting you in. If I don't let you in, they're going to turn around and say, give a cook, look how stringent the master is. His favorite student is asking, and he tells him no. How much more so? Menial us, where do we rank? Where do we even come into play here? <laughs> of course, he'll never answer us. He'll never listen to us. That's one Pirush. The Rashi explains, Another explanation Rashi says, Very much of this I have put away for you. Rav Tev Atzofun Lecho. Much good has been hidden for you. So the Purushan say Rav Lach means greater people, Rav Lach, greater people than you already spoke, and I didn't let them get their way either. So we have these two explanations of Rashi on the words Rav Lach. Whether all the people will say, look how bad it is that the master is not listening to his servant, no matter how much he pleases and begs. Or, I have Rav Loch, there's a lot of good for you. Calm down, Moshe. It's all going to be good. You're going to come to them, Haba, and you're going to have, you're going to, the Zivashkina is going to be something out of this extraordinary, and this is just what you've always been waiting for, always been looking for. Always anticipating. Saravloch. Calm down. He goes out. Interestingly, these two Purushim and these words, Baruchu, are befitting also to the Purushim of the word Veschanam, which we said before, which is either Matnaschinam or something that I deserve. Moshe asks for Matnas Chinam, Akash Baruch Hu answers him, Rav Loch, stop davening, because everyone's going to say, Harav is not good to the Talmud. You're asking for Matnas Chinam. And I, everybody will say, look how the, the Rav, the Master, says, I'm not going to give you a free gift, I don't give anything, I don't give anything for free. The second Pudish. That's only because he asked, sorry, that he asked Matnas Kinnan. So therefore he can ask as much as he wants. He's asking it over and over 
they're going to say, look how the, the master is being so obstinate and stubborn. Then according to the explanation that Moshe's request was because he was befitting of such a gift, that the fulfillment, you're right, you have a lot of credit, sorry, you have a lot of good deeds and a lot of a, a big bank account by me. And I have it all hidden away for you. It's all stored. There's no reason to use it up now. Those are two Purushim of Ravloch, how they coincide with the two Purushim of Veshanan. It's also the Haftarah to talk about, which I don't know if we'll even get to. But in the Pasha itself, we have it's <laughs> interesting fight that you get at Shul. This guy wants Maftar because it's Nachmu Nachmu Ami, and this guy wants Revi because it's Aseris Adibris. The Ten Commandments. Now, as we said once, we didn't talk about it last week, maybe we did. Chumish Devarim, the book of the Deuteronomy, the Deuteronomy, is a repetition of the first four Svarim. Therefore, it's referred to as Mishnah Teva. Repetition. Deuteronomy. I think that's how it goes. And therefore, when we have when we have the Ten Commandments which I mentioned back in Shemais in Parshas Yisrael and we have them yet again here in this week's parsha of Eschanon as part of the repetition of everything that happened in the 40 years. We also have the first parsha of Kriyashma Shema Yisrael Ve'ahavta. <laughs> you know, you have to have a repertoire Heard from Moshe Bogomilski, This is in the uh, first parsha of Krishna, Vahafta. Talks about first, Shnat Nunacha, Shart Mosaidacha. Teach your children, and then it talks about putting on film. In Vayim Shemaya, Terry verses it. Second portion, Terry verses it, says, Shart Mosaidacham, Polyotitis Benechem, Maratam Esas Benechem, teach your children. So I had yesterday, I was talking to somebody, not on the barbature, and he says, making my mitzvah so I start thinking what to say, what to message, what to lesson. 
So I repeated this word for the Muskishlita. He says, sometimes people say, many people unfortunately say, I gotta teach my child. Yeah, I gotta teach my child. Tilbar Mitzvah is my responsibility. And I'll prove it to you because I get to say a bracha. After my son gets the aliyah, I stand right behind him and I say, Baruch Sheptarani I'm finished, I'm off. That's in the Bava Shachapan. In the world, I think, says Hashem 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 Hashem. I'm finished. <coughs> now, the boy is by mitzvah. And the boy does something wrong. My son, my dear child. My hands are clean, I'm finished. It's yours now, it's your Avedis. All your mitzvahs are on you and all your avers are on you. Zaktan's the Teda, no. In the first part of Krishna, it says first about Limit Teda before Tfilin, because before Bar Mitzvah, you have a Chiyav of Chinach teaching a child. Then Vahayim Shemaya teaches us even after even after putting on the Tfilin, we still have the obligation. The obligation of learning Taylor, though, of a Shinantul Venecha teaching your son. Is an awkward obligation. Interesting word to use, awkward. It's an awkward command. Why? Because as if Allah talk about the Khiv of Limud Hatera, the obligation that we have to learn Tera. And it explains there first the chiyuv of learning with your child, and after that it talks about you yourself having to learn. How ironic! How ironic! The main obligation of sitting and learning teda and mitzvahs is a person should be Isaac and amul in the middle person should be totally devoted and dedicated to his learning of Tata. That said, why does it say first the Chiv of teaching your son? So perhaps yeah, this is the four part the four venues of teaching Tata, Pshat, Remez, Drush and Said, maybe we could have a Remez The greatness of learning Taylor. Taylor is Chachmasa Shalakaj Baruch. Chachmasa Shalakaj Baruch. 
Teira is the Chachma of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but it's Bilti Mugvul. It has no boundary to it. And therefore, the Seichel of a person which is Mugvul, which has a border to him, can't necessarily grasp what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying. However, when a person first, first teaches and has the humility and the humbleness to the one giving the Tera, to one that took us out of our Metzias and our Gvalas, so therefore I'm no longer trying to impress myself I'm no longer trying to amass knowledge. But I'm just trying to understand and to grasp the Terak Desha because it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Terak. Only then once a person relates the Teda and brings it down to smaller Kalim, only then can the person who is the Balgvul, has a boundary to him, begin to absorb Teda, which comes from a boundless source. However, without this self-nullification, no matter how deep the person dives into his seichel, no matter how deep his svaras are, his explanations, etc., he will not have or be able to apply these brilliant observations to Teda. The only way is if a person takes himself and takes his mind. Oh no! How's that possible? Ah! How'd that happen? Sorry, the video just froze. Takes himself and takes his mind. Let's say this is 26, is that a paper? And says that I am all and totally dedicated and devoted to the Lame Natera. To the Nase Natera, I'm sorry. So therefore, we can explain now why the Hilchestalmit Tera tells us. First to be involved with the small children, you teach your children, which is the foundation of Lima Dateda. It's not the Seichel of the Teda. The fact that a person puts himself to a small position and recognizes the Chochmah Hashem is Barach, that it's without boundary, and this bittle 
And this katnus, the nullification, and the making the oneself smaller, is not tulian in the greatness of years. Because it doesn't come from seichel. It doesn't come from what the seichel understands or the seichel dictates. It comes from hachana, from, sorry. It comes from the avonis hasechel, from the understanding of the sechel. It does not come from there, rather, it comes from the neshama atayda itself. The neshama that's found in the pure Tineka Shalvis Rabban. Person is Rukai Mitzvah, the way they should be, with all the proper intentions, to fulfill the want of his Creator, But it's not only for that. And we don't mix in Sorry about the video. We don't mix in this Havana and this emotion of the person That he could fall into a feeling of haughtiness, Chasvashon. Yeah. Froze already. Wow. Rather than learning of Teda. The essence of Teda becomes one with the Seichel of the person. Becomes one with the Seichel of the person. And therefore, when the person has the proper intentions for the truth of the Teda, This kayak that he finds, this seichel that he finds, through through striving and through diligence of the study of Teda, this is only because he understands the Chachma of Akash Baruch Hu and the Beiri Yisparashmei. And therefore it comes much closer to a person to learn. And when a person learns, starts to understand, starts to grasp, and it's a big, deep thing that he's learning, obviously it becomes a little bit of a haughtiness upon the person Ghatshon. When he's not being Meshgiach the entire time, he's not checking the entire time 
and he's not involving himself for bittel and for to be to be nichna before the nation Tata to become totally self glorification before the Creator and before the one that gave us the Tata, then he can make a mistake. And he could think, he could perhaps think perhaps think that he reached to this high level. And this is all to understand what? The true of the Tata. And the Meda to unite the truthfully with Chochmus Hashem. In that case, what's the Swara? To understand limit of Emes of Yechida. When a person comes, another person comes, and explains something different, different than his own Seichel understood, and the person gives you a different perspective of what you just learned, simple person says, oh, I must have made a mistake. And I said something, I translated Tater not properly, not according to Allah. Truth is, though, no, it's far from such. He has a long way to reach such a high level. And therefore, it's the appoint- when he's appointed to learn Tater, not the understanding of Tater, the truth to be told, rather the jealousy to literally to sharpen his mind and his understanding. And this is through understanding, true understanding, proper understanding of the Yechida and the Evish alone. And therefore a person needs to be very careful while learning Teda to think constantly that this is all about connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and revealing godliness and not to mix in his own Metzius, his own Yeshus, his own Das. Therefore, Mitzvah Talmud of a Godl starts off with the Shilantam Venechel to teach us that the Limud itself, the entire Limud, even when he learns in his own Seichel, with his great Seichel, he needs to always be bottled to Baruch Hu, find the self-nullification within himself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, So where he starts as a child, ultimately he now ends up as a godl. And he finds himself though in his own cutness, his own small Metzius thereby he can ultimately keep and not try to test his righteous Das Mashava but rather to search constantly the one, the truth of the Teda the truth of the Teda which comes with him in his Seichel and unites as one with his Seichel
therefore the Torah tells us at tohore isoladas ki Hashem walekim eineid mavadei they're really showing you to know that God is the God and there is no other and as we see after Seres Adibis Haresa says Rashi like the Targum says Achizirsa showed you Kash Baruch gives the Teda when Kash Baruch gave the Teda he opened up the seven heavens and just like he split the ones of above he split below as well and people saw everything there was nothing hidden HaKadosh Baruch showed everything so that everyone should know he is the only and none other and none other Sarash explains it. The passage before this says, Sorry. The passage before this talks about the miracles of the Shoros explains, The intention is written, the miracles that Akash Baruch Hu did in Mitzrayim. All these, Heracha Akel is Baruch Hakash Baruch Hashoros. Why? Ladas, you should know. So when you think into it, and you'll know that without a doubt, Hashem, who, or Elekim. Hashem is one. But we need an explanation here. Why? Is Rashi taking this Pirush? Dafke that goes here by Mount Teda that I got that the Eden saw Kadosh Baruch Hu was Yichidi is the only one. This is very simple. The end of the pasuk Ataretsa Adas Kashem Olekim is Ein Eid Mulvadei. There's nothing else aside for him, and we aside for him. And we've told the story many times of the Chassid that was a Chassid, a true Chassid. Of a, he had to be business, he had to make money. So when he was adding up, sorry, he was adding up a cheshman, and he says, Sachakol, the total, ain't more badly. So he said he couldn't see numbers or anything. He just know when it comes to a total, the total factor is, ain't more there's no one else except for Akanjibar. Why here? So, which goes to show us why here? Because the Berkeach himself, the Vada is Baruch. Although the miracles that Hakash Baruch did in Mitzrayim, Hakash Baruch showed us about as being as a Valkeach, a Godel the greatest and the strongest. 
But it didn't exclude, it didn't show us that there was no other God. It could be. Another source, another power, whatever you want to call it, that perhaps is also as powerful. Therefore, Akadosh Baruch says now in this pasuk to explain over here after it is in Shayim and explain this goes on Matanteira, which at that time Akadosh Baruch opened up the heavens and the earth, and Yidden were able to see straight through the earth, straight through all the heavens. And they saw Akash Baruch was one. And there was nobody else. Ein Eid Mavadi is Baruch. That is therefore why it's brought down here by Mount Taylor Dafke. Thank you. Eilad, what a Meila. This is what a Meila, Dibar Hashem. These words Hashem said, I'll call Kahalchem to your whole nation. Bahar on the mountain to take Aish from the fire. Honon Varafal Kagodl the Yosef. The great voice. And it did not cease. The great voice, it did not cease. How does that work? How does that work? The message describes several aspects. What's God's great voice? Which did not cease. And the giving the Teda among them, amongst the things that we say, the voice that did not cease, was the concept there is no echo. Hashem's voice came out, Aleichi Hashem Aleikecha, I am God, you God. And there was no echo. A lack of an echo implies greatness. I mean, seriously, where does that come in? Usually, the greater the sound, the greater the, vi- the vibration. If you go into a room and you put a good acoustics in the room, and with the good acoustics, you put on a, sm- a soft song. You'll hear the vibration of the song. You'll hear the song resonating. If, however, you stop blasting music, 
then the echo is that much louder. The echo is that much louder. The Cheda, Tere was given, the whole world heard it. So how is it possible there was no feedback? Only when it's a soft voice, it won't get any feedback. When it's a loud voice, But this was not despite nature. This was the most natural reaction to the infinitely powerful sound of God's voice. Now generally, you go out onto a mountain, and we all know that's where the echo is. You stand on top of the mountain, you call out, and you hear the echo, it reverberates. wine goes into the valley hits another mountain comes back simple but when they encounter the sound waves encounter something that they can pierce or no barrier at all open for miles and miles down no matter how loud you're going to scream it's going to just keep going you won't get it you won't get the echo or if you put a soundproof wall excuse me it absorbs the sound in that case If it goes through, what's going to make the echo? This, for, is what this is therefore what is explained here, what took place by Matan Tera. When HaKadosh Baruch said, Anechi Hashem Alekecha, the sound was so loud, and it pierced and penetrated the entire existence of the world. And therefore had no chance of coming back, of being a feedback and an echo. There was no obstruction. So it didn't cease. Every part of creation, from the spiritual to the most inanimate creation, felt and sensed the infinite power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His voice and absorbed it and took on this eternal message. So we said before, this week's parasha, we have Pasuk and the parasha of Shema Ve'ahavta. 
Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekeinu, Hashem Echot. Hear, O Israel, Hashem is our God, Hashem is one. This is the main principle of the Jewish belief. God's singularity. And we have said many times, we repeated this over, and this should be the kavanas that one has when they say the Apostle Shema Yisrael. It goes into, it said by the time of Matan when HaKadosh Baruch says Shema Yisrael, here, Yidin, Anoichi, Hashem Aleichecha, I am God, your God. And the Yidin answer, Hashem Aleichenu, God is our God. And then HaKadosh Baruch says, La Yielecha, the Machedim, you should not have any other gods. To which Yidin answer, Hashem Echad. And therefore, this is something you need to have in mind. One needs to have in mind. When they say this Pasuk, this is the Kavana. They should have Shema Yisrael Aneicha Hashem Aleichecha Hashem Aleichenu. Then we think of the Yelecha and we say Hashem Echad. And then we say the word Echad. Echad is Aleph Ches Dalit. Aleph is one. Aluf Shalaylam, the only one. Ches are the seven heavens and the earth, and Dalit is the four directions in which they find themselves. So it's not only we're saying Hashem Alekinu Hashem Echod, saying that God is one. It's only He's the oneness of God here, and there's no other gods. It's all about Tarei Sadas already. So what are we saying here? The oneness of God Hashem Echod. It's telling us that there is nothing else in existence. The only thing that exists in this world is godliness. All the other things that we see and that we have and that we hear are not godly, all based only because of godliness. They're not their own entities. So since HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will is the cause of any and all existence, so the true identity of every being is the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's continuously causing it to exist because it has godliness. And this we see in the word Echad as we just said. The three letters Aleph is one Ches is eight and Dalit is four. And we just translated the one and only God in the seven heavens and the earth on four directions. <laughs> the uh, Yiddishist wanted to know how you say the four directions. How do you say it in Yiddish? North, south, east, west. He says, don't tell me it's off from That's not Yiddish. So, I don't know if you're going to watch the video, I don't know if you understand the Yiddish. 
The answer was, Ahin Aher Aruf Narov. That's northwest, southeast. So you probably didn't see it, and you probably didn't hear it, and you didn't probably didn't understand it. We'll move on. So the word Echel demonstrates, therefore, the difference between Lashon Kedish, the, the holy words of the Teda, and the other languages. The other ten utterances that Akash Baruch created the world with were stated in Lashon Kedish. So Lashon Kedish is not arbitrary. That's what it's all about. Each word reflects the divine energy that comes from this particular object that it refers to. And therefore it captures the whole essence of, this, of the item. And we spoke about in Shariq of Emunah, when we started learning Shariq of Emunah, how there are gates and everything goes, all the letters go back and forth through the gates, and they become Tzirufa Yaisis, and the Yaisis get mixed, and they form a word, and each time they form a word, this becomes the existence of this concept. A bias, Evan, whatever it might be. Adam. Whereas all of the languages, which come, of course, from human consensus, the words don't necessarily reflect the essence, the essential nature of the article. It says that other Mishnah gave all the names to the, all the animals. He saw their mitzvahs, he saw their essence, and therefore he gave them that name. So the translation, the Aramic translation of the word echad in the Unklus is chad. Chazdalit, eight and four. And this is representing of all creation, as I said before, but it's missing the Aleph, which represents the one and only. Chad is one, and therefore it expresses the singular existence of God. But just, it's not the word Echad. That's the true oneness, the true one and only in the existence is that of God which we find in Lashon HaKadosh and then the Torah tells us inscribe them onto your doorposts, your house and upon your gates computers being funky okay and we know that, of course, the mezuzah has to be affixed on every doorpost, and it brings security and protection to the house and all those who live in the house. The Zaya takes it a step further. And the Zaya says that it keeps a person safe, Yishma Tzaytzcha Uveyecha, going and coming. from now to eternity. And the mezuzah therefore protects a person not only in the home, but outside the home as well. Since all Jews are connected and accountable for one another, and one person's good deeds brings chusim, brings merit to all his fellow Jews as well, so one Jew's observance of mitzvah, 
of mezuzah provides additional safety and security even for others who might not have a mezuzah themselves. Though they're obviously not exempt from fulfilling this own, the mitzvah on their own. They still have to have their own mezuzah. The mitzvah of mezuzah and the protection that it provides have particular significance in the land of Israel. As we see, the law that's taught in the Gemara, anyone who rents a home outside of Israel is exempt of fixing a mezuzah, according to Allah. For the first 30 days. But from then on, after 30 days, one is obligated. One who rents a home in Israel must put a mezuzah immediately. Because Yeshiva Israel settling the land of Israel. Rashi explains that since it's considered improper for a year to remove his mezuzah when he leaves his home, the renter will not rush to move out and incur the cost of acquiring the mezuzahs. Even if he does move out, the home will soon attract another Jewish renter because they're already equipped with a mezuzah. So this unique law demonstrates that the mitzvah mezuzah is very connected more so with Yeshiva itself. Settling in the land. Which the truest sense means not only dwelling there technically, but also living there in comfort and security. And this highlights the importance of ensuring that every Jew has a mezuzah on the doorpost and through this mitzvah, particularly in the land of Israel, we help create peace and security for ourselves and for the entire Jewish nation. The Shabbos, as we said before, the Shabbos Nachamu. We also learn in this parsha the concept of the Arei Miklat that Moshe Rabbeinu was to separate for the person that killed somebody with Shegik. Therefore, we have the condolence that since the question was that Moshe separates in the land of God and Ruvain, Chatzashevet Menashe, and Eva the Yadin, separates three cities. Separ- separates three cities of refuge, but they're not in effect yet. They can't be used until Klal Yisrael settles in the land of Israel. Why? Simple reason is because when Moshe was there, when Moshe was alive, we see in this week's parasha, you'll always remember alive, you always remain alive. So as long as Moshe was living with them, the Chaim was Chaim Nitzki, and therefore they didn't have that problem of needing the Aramiklat. Maybe we say to the Skalas of Moshe Rabbeinu once again, this very Shabbos of Melech HaMashiach, and we say to Chaim Nitzkim, the Fuis and Yeshuas and Arichas Yavim Vishonim to all those that need. And we say to be in Yerushalayim, Yerakadesh, and Akitsu Vranu Sheikh Neyafar, and all those will come and sing and dance with us, and they'll find us, their children, their grandchildren, their great grandchildren, and we'll go into Yerushalayim, Yerakadesh, this Shabbos, Shabbos to all.